I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Andy J Podcast. Podcast. Well, hello there. Welcome to episode 112 of the Andy J Podcast. After a short pause, we are back. And I'm delighted to say we are back with our feet firmly back under the table. There's been a few things changing around in our world a little bit, which is why we had to have a little bit of downtime from doing this show. But I'm happy to say we are back and back with a vengeance. And we have many, many exciting names lined up for the weeks and months ahead. Oh, yes, those of you that thought the show was done, you were wrong. And a huge thank you. I mean, a massive thank you to the scores of you that have been in touch with me over the last few weeks asking where the show is, when it's coming back, who the next guest would be, etc. And indeed, many, many, many of you who've been sharing old episodes on your social media feeds and so on, uh, just kind of checking out the back catalogue. I mean, after all, 112 episodes, there's a fair few conversations to get through if you've not heard them all. And so I'm just chuffed, chuffed to bits by the sheer number of you that have approached me either on social media or in the streets or whatever to talk about the show. I've even had some random emails, how people got my email address. Goodness knows. But nonetheless, thank you. It really has been so lovely and so kind of you. I'll just talk you through what happened. We used to host a show on Talk Radio, which, as you may know, no longer exists. Talk Radio is now Talk TV. It does obviously still operate as a radio network, but its big focus is on what's happening on the telly, which is great. And it's on the app and it's on various different TV platforms like Sky and Freeview and so on. And Piers Morgan hosts the big nighttime show. That's the kind of headline for those of you new to Talk TV. That's what's been going on. And we were going to take the Andy J show to Talk TV, but we just sort of decided that wasn't the right move for us. And instead, we took a new show, a different sort of tweak on a different show to Talk Sports, which broadcasts across the Talk Sport network. And you can hear a, it's a car-based motoring show on Talk Sport 2 as well. And there's a bit of a celebrity lean in there as well. We have a few big names on there. And actually, for example, we'll be having a, a big episode with James May coming up in the next couple of days, actually, as you listen to this. So that'll be next week's episode. You'll hear my third conversation, my third hour with the wonderful James. James May. That'll be available for you this time next week. But there are lots of big names lined up that they'll do a little bit on that radio show and then a lot more for this. I've also had a bit of a chance to kind of do a bit of a deep dive into the podcast world and I've been learning quite a lot because obviously I'm used to broadcasting on television and on radio and podcast has been a bit of a sort of side note thing for this. And I've really sort of found it fascinating learning about what the podcast audience listens to and how they listen. And actually, everybody seems to be, or at least the studies seem to be leading towards episodes that are quite a bit shorter than what we've been putting out. So although we love our deep dives, our hour-long chats, or, or longer in many cases, it seems that the premium podcast length, as I believe it was referred to recently, is 28 minutes. So we might do a few shorter episodes as well. This one, for example, isn't a full hour. This one's about about 28 minutes chat. So 
yeah, we're going to have a bit of a play around in the next few episodes and see what comes out. But look, I just want to say thank you, thank you to those of you that have stuck with us. If you're new, hello there. Uh, this is a show that was running for 111 episodes and then stopped for a few weeks. And now we're back and we're back with a Formula One legend, Mr. Valtteri Bottas. He's an incredible man. He was the man who raced with Lewis Hamilton for five seasons and delivered Mercedes Formula One team their greatest ever success, winning five championships and steering Lewis to so many world titles. And he was, it's difficult to call him the number two driver, but that's what he was at Mercedes. He's now at Alfa Romeo, where he's very much the number one. He's the main man and he's very much on the scene. He's getting great results in a car that is completely different to what he's been racing. And he has huge ambitions. And it's fascinating because Valtteri is one of those guys who not many people People know a great deal about because of course he's been in the shadow of these huge presences like Lewis Hamilton therefore the sort of questions that he's been asked and the sort of angle that people have taken with him has always been just about that support type role and so there's not been a huge deep dive into the guy you know who is this cool guy who, who sort of ice cool as it were who, who's been Lewis's wingman and who's now kind of let loose as the number one driver for Alfa Romeo so I had this opportunity to chat to him and to kind of have a bit of a dive into him and his life and I've got to say he really delivered he's funny he's engaging he uh, one of my favourite things I've, I've spoken to several Formula 1 drivers in the past and there's often uh, a set of rules that you have to adhere to beforehand. So sometimes it depends who the person is and it depends who their team around them is. But sometimes you have to submit an entire question list, almost in the structure that you're going to go with uh, before the interview. And then you'll get a note back with several of those questions scratched out and replaced or even reworded. And whenever that happens, I just say, Do you know what, that's OK. I won't I won't bother with that interview because I'm not into that. I'm not into basically reading someone else's questions and listening to someone else's answers. I want to chat to a person and engage with them and connect with them one-to-one as a human being. So with this one, because he's a current Formula One driver, I was thinking, oh, there's going to be a load of regs and rules. So I spoke to his team ahead of time and I just said, look, is this going to be a situation where we have a conversation and then you come back to me afterwards and I can't air that bit and I can't cut that bit and I, you know, I've got to cut, 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 cut and I'll end up with a half-hour chat turned into five minutes. And they had a little think and they had a little listen to some of the other things that we've done before and they came back and they said, no, 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 ask whatever you want. And if Valtteri's not happy, he'll just say, I'm not answering that. Um, But otherwise, no, ask whatever you like. And he'll answer whatever he wants to answer. We're not putting any restriction on, which is so refreshing and exactly what you want. I must share that that isn't the norm with most of these celebrity conversations. Every now and again, you'll get a steer that so-and-so doesn't want to talk about the court case, for example, or doesn't want to talk about an ex or whatever it might be. And that's, that's fair enough. You know, that's a bit of a pride. But it's usually with elite sports people that that's when you get the people around them saying, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. I had a chat with Daniel Ricciardo a couple of years ago which was so much fun and we had such a giggle and it was terrific and I was so pleased. There were five people listening in on the line during our conversation, which was slightly strange. And Danny was great and he answered everything and we had such a giggle, so much fun. And then afterwards, I got this great long list of you can't use that, can't use that, can't use that, can't use that. It was such a shame. Really put me off, not him, but that whole thing. So I was hesitant about having this, but no, this has been gold. These have been lovely and I'm waffling now because I'm so just so thrilled to be back with you and I'm so pleased that we're bringing these back so look I will leave you 
to this lovely chat with a fascinating man who I knew so little about, the wonderful Valtteri Bottas. And by the way, next week, James May, the week after that, the week after that, the week after that, we've got loads lined up. So here we go. Let's dive in properly now to episode 112 of the Andy J podcast. The Andy J podcast. I am in the company of the magician himself, the brilliant Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri, how are you doing? I'm so sorry that I'm not there in person. I've got COVID. I feel terrible. How are you doing? Sorry to hear that. Hope you get better soon and hopefully it's not too bad. Um, but thanks for asking. I'm good. I travelled uh, just from, from Finland and it's been a busy day at the track. You know, preparations for the for the weekend ahead and uh, all the usual team meetings and, and media. But um, yeah, I'm good. Have you been asked the same question countless times today? Because there's all, I mean, it's always the case with Formula, wasn't it? There's always a topical story kicking around and we need everyone's opinion. Have you had loads of it so far? It's every Thursday before the race weekend. It's a lot of same questions. Yes, that, that's usual. But you kind of get into this, this mode that uh, you just punch through it. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm going to have to ask you some of the same ones. But can I start off, Valtteri, by asking you about a certain photograph that you gave? In fact, a completely naked photograph of yourself to Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> which is one of my favourite things ever. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, this photo came up. I was in, in Aspen between uh, some of the US races and uh, with my friend, uh, decided to go for a swim and as as usual as a, as a Finn it's pretty normal to be naked especially if you go to sauna or swimming uh, so I decided to take a dip on the river and then just the evening I was looking at the photos and one to me looked like a pretty artistic photo like actually almost like a piece of art you know <laughs> and then also my girlfriend was like that's actually a really good picture so then we came up with this idea to well I just posted it on, on Instagram I didn't put any comments just posted and then it kind of exploded and uh, we decided that we could do something for charity. So we sold prints of it for 24 hours. And in the 24 hours, we sold over 5,000 prints of my bum. And uh, then, yeah, the last picture I, I had left, um, I gave it to Lewis framed because he had said in one interview that he liked the photo. So then I thought he deserved one. <laughs> I wish you'd captioned it. Does my bum look big in this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That would have taken new heights. I mean, Valtteri, did you give it to him? And I'm asking this delicately. Did you give Lewis the naked photograph of yourself in the hope that he would then repay the favour and, and give you a nude of him? <laughs> I didn't ask for that, no. No, I, no, no, no returns. It was just a nice gesture from, from a friend. That is like, you know he's going to do it, though. You know you'll get one eventually. We'll see. We'll see what he comes along. <laughs> I bet it doesn't go on social media, though. It'll just go privately to you, and it's it's going to be lots of fun. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, happy days. Uh, Valtteri, let's talk. First up, let's get the Silverstone stuff out of the way, because it is, it's a special track. I know you love it. This time last year, it was the first time that the crowds were back in F1 post-pandemic. That kind of gave it an even bigger edge, didn't it? How do you feel about this place? It's it's a unique place, because it's obviously there's so much history about it in 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 motorsports, in, in Formula 1. Um, then another thing is the atmosphere. It's, you know, uh, Britain is definitely a motorsport country and people love cars and, and Formula 1. And, yeah, you can already today start to feel, even though it was raining a bit, that, you know, the atmosphere starts to build up. And I'm sure tomorrow already is going to be epic. So the energy 
uh, at the track is, is something really unique, but also what makes it even nicer for the drivers that uh, the track itself, the layout is really cool. Like there's so many high speed corners and it's really nice to drive and good for racing. So that makes it um, just a really, really good Grand Prix. Do you find yourself pinching yourself, Valtteri? Because it's, if, if you don't mind me saying delicately, you don't come from a, a family of great racers. You know, you, yeah, I believe your, your father was an undertaker and, and your mother, sorry, the other way around, isn't it? Your, your mother was the undertaker and your father works in the cleaning industry. So it, it's, it's quite new to, to the family that, that someone would be so brilliant behind the wheel. So do you find yourself kind of going, this is nuts. This, I'm, what am I doing with my life? This is incredible. <laughs> Absolutely, it it is crazy. Like I, I definitely always try to remind myself like where I came from, how it all started, and it is crazy. Like uh, being able to really fulfill a young kid's dream, you know, every single day is something something pretty pretty amazing. And yeah, also you know my parents obviously they're so so proud. And uh, so yeah, absolutely living the dream, and at the same time trying to make most out of it. Because life definitely goes goes quickly, and you need to live it, not to just exist. Yes, absolutely. Although it is a sport that does take its toll. I mean, not just physically. We know about the amount of training you guys have to do, and the diets, and the restrictions around your lifestyle. But of course, mentally. I mean, I don't know if you were aware, but uh, just the other day, there was quite a big, massive headline, in fact, on on the national newspapers with Lando Norris talking about how on social media he gets death threats and how he's had quite a battle with with mental health. Now, this is something that you've been quite open about yourself. I believe you you described yourself a couple of years back as the ghost of a guy. Is that because of the pressure, the stress? How, how are you doing? It's, um, yeah, this sport can be can be really, really brutal. And, you know, even though to outside it, it might look like it's only like living the, the high life and, you know, driving fast cars, but actually, you know, it's an elite sport that people are pushing themselves to the limit. Um, I think also the um, kind of attention this this sport gathers, like the, there's so much following. Um, everyone wants the piece of you in a way, and it's you need to kind of learn to learn to live with it. And I, I made a mistake in my early years in Formula One that my life was 24-7 about F1. And it was like too serious. And then I kind of, at very early st- stage of my career, almost burned out. But luckily, could avoid anything anything bad happening. But yeah, and I've had my ups and downs in the in the career. And there is a lot of pressure in this sport. Um, but I feel like the only only way, you know, sadly, is you need to learn to live with it in in a way, and not to you know not to get distracted by things. And it's so important to. You know, have the right attitude to the social media platforms as well. Like, example, nowadays I I only do posting. I share stuff that I like to share to give something to the followers and and show a bit of my lifestyle. But I post and that's it. I, I don't read anything anymore uh, because there's always negativity and uh, there's always people for some reason who wants to drag you down. So if you're really into, you know. That type of per- if you're that type of person who takes offense, uh, you know, if you take it personally, it can be really, really tough. Yes, it's, it's one of those things that it's, especially when you started out, 
that wasn't part of the sport. That wasn't, it didn't come hand in hand, did it? You didn't go, oh, well, I'm going to be a hugely successful racing driver and I'll also have to deal with all these people who I'll never meet online saying rubbish about me. That's just not in the job description originally, is it? <laughs> no, not quite, you know. And, you know, in the end, you know, people should realise that everyone, we as well, you know, we're just normal human beings and we have feelings as well. So it's, it's just us trying to do the best we can and obviously there's always some extreme fans of maybe other drivers or teams who are then, you know, trying to push you down. But yeah, uh, like I said, it's, it's so much about your attitude to the comments and to the, to the outside world. Do you know, it's jealousy, Valtteri. It's jealousy about three things. Firstly, when you get to my age, I'm older than you. When you get to my age, you meet everyone, everyone says they can drive. So therefore everyone assumes they can drive fast on a racetrack. The reality is almost nobody can. So they're jealous of that because they think you're doing a sport they could be good at, Right. Then you've got jealousy because there's this perception that you're all multimillionaires, which happens to be true, but that doesn't make you rich per se, because there's much more depth to that word, isn't there? And then, of course, there's jealousy just because they want to be you, because your lifestyle looks amazing. Private jets and sexy ladies. <laughs> yeah, you know, probably. I mean, it's, it's, it's a sport um, that is quite difficult to relate to in a way, you know, for sure. Yes, every day. Yeah, you know, anyone can think they could drive faster, but, you know, we've done this since a young kid and, you know, our life job is to do the perfect lap after one and after another. And in the end, it's about fine details. But, yeah, I get the jealousy part, you know, that's, I think that's, you know, quite natural in in human beings. But, um, yeah, it's, I try to not think about those things too much. You know, I just try to, be the best myself I can and, and like I said, live the best life I can and um, try to be happy, uh, try to do things that makes me happy. Can I, can I tell you, I'm going to share something with you, Valtteri. I believe that you are demonstrating every day that you're living your best life in one very special way. And that is a lot of your social posts are about your incredible cycling. You seem to be cycling like pretty much every spare second you get. However, <laughs> the most exciting thing about that is your post-cycle tradition which is, if you don't mind me sharing this with the listeners, the minute you get off the bike, you neck a pint of beer. And that, for me, you are winning at life, my friend. That's incredible. <laughs> it's, you know, the, the small things in life that can make, make you so happy is after a tough bike ride, yeah, you have one big cold one. It's, you know, simple things. It makes, makes a man happy. I love it. My, I box a little bit and the guys I box with, they swear that it's better to neck a pint after you've been training than to just do nothing, like to have a water or whatever. So there might be some method to your madness as well. It works for me, so um, I would recommend to try it. Uh, you know, it can also be alcohol-free beer, so it's your choice. Okay, okay. This is so much better advice than the people that tell me I need to be taking cold showers and jumping in freezing baths. Have a pint after exercise. That's words of wisdom. Recommended by Valtteri. <laughs> I'm getting it on a t-shirt every time I go to the bar. Yeah. That's, that, that's what we're doing. That's what's going to happen. Um, Valtteri, let, let's talk about a couple of the themes that have come up. I, I've been told that you're okay with discussing this, and so we won't dwell on it too much. But there was obviously the comments that surfaced this week from Nelson PK using the most inappropriate term, I think, that's, that's still in existence with regards to Lewis Hamilton. Uh, lots of people have been quick to stamp it out. There was a sort of half-half apology from him that I don't think anyone has been particularly impressed with. Can I get your reaction to it without trying to feed anything to you? 
Uh, I think it just shows that again, you know, we, we there's still um, education needed in in a way, and you know, the world we live in nowadays, you know, there's no space for any racism, and I think what is great with this sport that we actually have quite a big reach and we can talk about things uh, which need to be talked about um, and hopefully we can educate people and and spread you know the right more open-minded um, mindset into into life um, because in the end you know we're more equal and sometimes I find it crazy that you know there's still all this kind of issues in the world that we are facing, you know, whether it's about equality, racism, wars, stuff like that. Sometimes it, it doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, all we can do is try to do our part and try to support people who need support. I'm not quite sure what was in the water this week, Valtteri, but it feels like the old guard of F1 kind of got it a bit wrong because the other ridiculous story that came out was Bernie, Bernie Eccleston, saying that he'd throw himself in front of a bullet to save Vladimir Putin. I mean, can I, can I use the word moron? Would you, would you approve of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to say anything on that. You know, it's, um, it is strange but what's happening, but uh, I'll leave it there. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not trying to catch you out or get a headline. I just, it's one of these things that I'd be crazy if I didn't ask you. Uh, I've got to talk to you about one thing that I do find fascinating, though, and that is, and I need to know if you still have this title. Whenever I have to fill out a form online or wherever, it's Mr. Doctor and so on and so forth. Do you tick Lance Corporal? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No, I don't. I, there's never quite, I can't remember there's been a choice for that. <laughs> like, yeah, different things, but no, I haven't. But are I haven't you, seen an option. Are you still allowed to use it, though? Because technically, you are, you did, vol- you, well, it was involuntary, wasn't it? You did mandatory military service and you got to i mean that's pretty impressive to be lance corporal inside of a year uh yes i I think there was only a few of us that uh from that group of i think like 80 people got that so yeah apparently did some things right and uh had a good good attitude um but yes so at the moment i'm still yeah i'm in reserve so obviously really hopeful that things will stay stable in, in Finland. Um, otherwise, it would mean I would need to go to another, another kind of job. So. Yes, which would, I mean, that would be quite a challenge, wouldn't it? Yeah, wouldn't be ideal, let's put it that way. Are you the most recognisable man in Finland? Is it fair to say you are probably Finland's most famous person? I don't know, to be honest. Um, I have no idea. It's okay to say yes. It, it'll be all right. You, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if I'm... I'm and honestly, I don't, I don't really care. So. No, that's fine. But it's, it's almost like if you did have to serve, it, it's kind of like the Elvis thing, isn't it? You know, when he was called up, everyone knew who he was. So it just made it very difficult. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But of course I would be there, but that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair play to you for that. That's, um, that's really impressive. And nonetheless, you learned a lot of survival skills. Let's, let's hope you don't get called up. That would be great. But what sort of things did you learn during the military that, that you've been able to apply in real life now? Because I see you on social media putting posts of you being able to rock up a pizza oven in half a second and get a fire on the go with just probably your fingernails and a bit of flint. You've got, you got the skills. <laughs> I think it's basic skills of a Finnish person. You know, we, we like all the forest stuff and camping things. And 
simple things. But you know, for sure, in in the military service, I think actually one big thing what I learned was the was the teamwork. You know, when you need to really figure things out as as, as a team, um, but also you learn to appreciate the small things in life, like um, you know, a warm warm um, room with a roof and, and a bed. Um, sometimes after like a forest camp, it was actually quite quite nice. And I feel like for many people, it's uh, it's a place that makes you from a boy to a man in a, in a way because we do some pretty pretty tough things and it's not not always fun. But afterwards, you almost kind of laugh about it and it was kind of exciting. But at that time, it wasn't maybe that fun sometimes. Right, but there's still skills that you're now using and and they're still in circulation for you. So that that's pretty great. Yeah, I I, I can definitely survive in the forest. So that's good. That- that's kind of cool. There's not many other drivers that could say that. You know, most of them would need a sleeping bag at the very least and, and maybe a personal assistant. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about racing in a sec, I promise. But I, I have to kind of chat to you about a couple of other random things. The first one is how much coffee do you drink every day? Because it's it seems like a, a bucket load. <laughs> it's actually not that much. Like uh, I would say on average, maybe five coffees. So two or three in the morning and then one or two later on. Uh, but they are quite often double shots, so it's maybe like 10 shots. Okay, that seems like quite a lot, Valtteri. That's that's a fair amount of caffeine. <laughs> I've been caffeinating myself since I was maybe 12 years old or something. So <laughs> it's, I, I've, I've got the tolerance. Are you really wired when you're racing? Do you, do, you, do you kind of go for a double just before the race? Normally, just before the race, I go for a single. I, I feel like double... On top of the adrenaline and and the excitement, um, it can push you over the line. Let's say. All right, fair enough. Let's talk about the new team. You're with Alfa Romeo. If you don't mind me saying, you seem incredibly happy. Are you in a really good place with it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely wouldn't want to be in any other place at, at the moment. I'm really enjoying the team spirit in and this kind of new new chapter and uh, new challenge in my, my career and new project in a, in a way, trying to bring this team closer to the top. And yeah, things are, things are really good and I'm really motivated and feel like I'm driving well and, um, and also kind of my life at the moment, like between the track and outside the track is in, in a really nice balance. That's great. I mean, the points are certainly flowing for you right now. Realistically, how much can you get out of that car? Because it is obviously different to what you've been in for the previous five seasons. It is different, but also the the, the regulations this year, they're quite different. So any car, any way is different, but it does handle differently. You know, it does, it has different engine as well to what I'm used to. So everything is kind of new, but that's kind of cool. And actually it fits me quite well and I've been able to set up the car quite nicely also to my my driving style. What's the realistic target for yourself? I think this year realistically being seventh in the driver's standings and as a team I would love to see us being fourth this year is a a good target but then the years after we need to definitely aim higher. You're kind of on track then. I mean, you know, you kind yeah, of... Yeah, it's close. Yeah, yeah, yeah hitting the targets you've you set yourself. I love it. I hope you don't mind me saying, but when you left Mercedes, you had a lovely moment with Toto where you were filling in your results in a on your helmet about how many race wins you'd had and how many fastest laps and so on. And it was a very tender moment between the two of you. And Toto said, you're going on a sabbatical to Alfa Romeo, almost implying that the door was still open. 
are you slamming it shut or is it, or is there always, I mean, it's, it's F1, isn't it? People, it's the merrier go round, I guess that anything can happen, but would you go back? It's, um, I think Toto meant like, um, you know, once you've been part of the Mercedes family that you're always going to be part of it. Um, and, uh, you know, he helped me a lot in, during my career. So in a way, like, yeah, I'm going elsewhere, but really not, not going anywhere. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's um, but at the moment, like, would I go back? Um, no, because I, I absolutely wouldn't be in any, any other place than I'm at the moment. I'm really enjoying it, and this is now something that I needed for my career to happen right now. Is something new and different, and different atmosphere. You know, five years in one team was was enough at that, at that time, and uh, now I'm I'm loving it with this this new challenge. It's. Honestly, it's really, really good to see the buzz around you. You are giving out excitement and joy. Are you feeling that? Because it's certainly how it's coming across. I feel, yeah, there's been many people like quite excited about uh, the results of Alfa Romeo and, and myself. And yeah, we, I think we've surprised quite, quite many people like how well we've been doing, doing actually and how many points we've got and everything. And I feel really, really supported like... Yeah, most races I see many fans with uh, with this kind of cap, and that's kind of cool. Is it nice to be the front man as well? Because of course you were, I don't want to call it second fiddle, but you were supporting Lewis Hamilton for a lot. You often had to have that call while you were doing really well in the race, led him through, which must have been infuriating. Is it nice to be the number one? It's, for me, it's the perfect timing for that. And it's a new first time I'm, the more experienced driver in, in, the, in the team and to have more authority and um, more say on things it's it's really motivating and refreshing so, um, and in the end it's already my 10th season in, in Formula 1 as, as a driver so definitely ready for it and I'm, I'm really comfortable with it bro. It's really amazing I mean when you think about that you're only 31 10 seasons already that's ridiculous 32 32, my bad. Yeah. You, you could have one back if you like. There you go. The beer has <laughs> affected me. 30, still, 32 <laughs> is nothing to be 10 seasons in. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. Uh, tell me about Drive to Survive, the Netflix show. Do you watch it? Are you a fan of it? It's, it's quite a curious thing, isn't it? It's, um, I haven't seen much. I have to say that I have seen, um, like, when it was, before it was published, I've seen the episode of, that I was involved last year and also this year. Okay. Uh, that's all what I've kind of seen. And from what I can tell is that Netflix, they tend to just film everything they can, take all the content they can. And then at the end of the year or during the winter, they kind of create a story and put things together. And some things might be pretty accurate and some things not. So it's... Um, but. I still think the series as a whole is, is really good for the for the following of the sport, especially in the US. It has grown massively thanks to Netflix. Yeah. Um, like sometimes if I'm somewhere in the US, I, I've had people like, "Hey, man, you're the you're the you're from Net- Netflix." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm the Netflix actor." You know. <laughs> 
Oh, that would be, it'd be brilliant if it was just acting. <laughs> yeah, be, exactly. Yeah. That would be amazing. You've planned every race. Of, like wrestling. If Formula One was wrestling, how incredible would that be? Every, yeah. Gosh, the amount you'd have to rehearse. Rehearsing the accidents would be a little bit challenging, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, slightly. Yeah, we need, we need a better camera angle on this one, guys. Let's do it again. No, you're all right. I've got whiplash. Thanks very much. Um, look, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got quite a fun one for you that I think you've been kind of prepped on, which we're going to talk about in a second. But before I do that, because the TalkSport audience, of course, we are back in the Brits, as you'd expect. So there's always a fascination with various different British drivers. But the main one, of course, being Lewis, who you worked alongside very closely and from what I can gather were friends with for a good five years what is the man like and and can he get another world title in your opinion he's actually a nice guy he's um like I know him really well we spent a lot of time together obviously in the last five years and we still sometimes travel together to some of the races and yeah he's really hard-working he takes Form 1 very seriously and um, yeah, he's experienced a lot in, in his life so I only have good things to say honestly like he's super talented and just at this time he's maybe have, had a bit of a rough start to the year but I know him so well that he's, he's going to bounce back for sure it's only a matter of time and, and yes, he can still win, win titles no, I have no doubt about that Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that because I know it's, you know, it's history and, and all the rest of it, but I'm a massive Lewis fan and it's nice to know that he's as lovely as he seems, you know, because that's certainly the impression we get. Um, Valtteri, I've got to ask you this because I know that you're okay with it because I checked it in advance. We do this thing on the show sometimes called Dream Drives and it's a bit of fun really where you can choose any car from any time in history, any road, and it could be as long as as short as you want, but crucially, you can have up to four celebrity passengers. These can be people that you admire. They can be fictional characters. They can be ladies you've had a crush on who are famous. The only thing is they have to be famous. You can't tell us, you know, the girl you were in school with and had a, you know, had a thing with in sixth grade or whatever. It's, it's, it's got to be people we know. So uh, that's, that, you can answer that how you like. Who will be joining you on your journey? Who are your celebrities? What do you drive? And where are you driving? Wow, that's a question. Um... The car would be probably it would be well that doesn't have enough seats that car I was thinking about the Alfa Romeo Alfetta 159 okay racing car but it's only got one seat yeah it's a bit lonely yeah um, otherwise it would be I'd, I'd take my Alfa Romeo Stelvio. It has more seats. It has more space. Excellent. <laughs> and I would drive in in Finland. Um, around my hometown, there's those roads that are just meant to be driven fast. Um, so nice. So around Lahti area in, in Finland, on the countryside, like lakeside and stuff, it's, it's so nice. And the people would be... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Amazing. Because In, he's as, like as, as like young Arnie or current Arnie? No, I think he could be like dressed as the Terminator. Brilliant. Class, yeah. So classics, classic Arnie. Terminator Arnie, brilliant. Yep. Yeah. And then I would have Leonardo DiCaprio 
and he would be with his suit from the Wolf of Wall Street and with a cocktail glass. <laughs> Brilliant. And then it would be probably Angelina Jolie. That is an excellent choice. I mean, that needs no yeah. explanation. That's because it, <laughs> excellent, yeah. And then it would be probably the, um, I would say, Daniel Greg, he's a pretty good actor and he's pretty good Bond. So. I like it. Was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Would you let him behind the wheel at all to see if he can actually do what he does yeah, in the absolutely. films? I'm would bad you? passenger, but still, yeah, I would definitely do. It's a, that's a very Hollywood feel. I was expecting you to kind of, I don't know, maybe put someone from The Offspring in, you know, just to make sure that your, your punk was kind of sorted. But you've gone for the actors. <laughs> yeah, I went for the, for the actors. And nice. A nice scene. Is that because you are drawn to that yourself? Could you see yourself in the movies when you retire eventually? Not really, to be honest. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> no, I might rather be in the, in the wilderness somewhere with a campfire. What I mean, what's have you kind of started to think about the plan yet? Because thirty two is is nothing. You've got many years left in in Formula One. If you if you want them, I mean, everyone's different, aren't they? Some people. I mean, look at look at Nico. He disappeared. Uh, you know, once he'd uh, well, he was he was still a child, wasn't he? Nonetheless, people stick in it or they don't. Have you got a master plan? Are you thinking to yourself, right? I'll get to let's say thirty five, forty, whatever you feel like, and then I'm sorry, just I'm disappear. actually losing your sound. It's like cutting a lot. I couldn't really understand anything. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think the connection just went crazy. Yeah, Don't now worry. it's better. Yeah. Is it better now? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll ask that again. My apologies. When you choose to retire, be it 35, 45, 55, whatever you feel like, have you got something in your mind? I know there's coffee shops. I know you've got a gin and, and all that kind of stuff. But are you thinking you might just literally disappear? I haven't really planned it that, that much. Like, I, I think it's for me it would be hard to disappear in a way because there's so many things that I'm already involved like um, invest and buys and being part of companies and um, an example the, the gene project with my girlfriend you know you know I also would need to promote it and stuff so I have no plans to like really properly disappear but one thing I can guarantee you won't see me on F1 paddock doing commentator work <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not that guy. So uh, such easy money, though, Valtteri. I mean, it's such an easy gig. You sure? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's like lots of um, still like dreams and plans. But um, you know, I, I take it year by year and try to keep following my passion. And like I said earlier, do things that makes me happy. You know, that's important in life. So. Um, that's the goal. You seem in a very good place. I am, absolutely. Thank amazing, <laughs> amazing. Tell me about the next two seasons. What are we What are we going to see? Uh, is, is there a few race wins on the horizon? Can you see yourself getting there? Next few seasons, um, for sure, we need some podiums. I think everyone in the team is already kind of dreaming about it. And we need to work as hard as we can to make sure that it's not only a dream anymore. And that is possible. Um, and winning, never say never. It's Formula One, and now everyone is on the same budget. So whoever works the most efficiently in the next years um, is going to end up on the top. And uh, we try to do everything we can for that. So that's the beauty in, in F1 that you never know what the future lies ahead. And 
we'll, we'll find out and it's exciting. I just want to wish you all the success, Valtteri. It is a genuine pleasure to spend this amount of time with you. And Thank I really, really appreciate your company. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. the time, especially at the end of a long day. That's very cool of you. That's okay. My pleasure. <laughs> I would just have one last piece of advice for you. As an old ill man, avoid COVID. It is not fun. I will, I will try my best. I've actually <laughs> been lucky. Maybe I still haven't had it ever. So, um, yeah, sorry to hear you're unwell, but hopefully you'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I just need a couple more lem sips and I'll be all right. But yeah, you've been a COVID ninja so far. You've stepped away from it. You lucky thing. I hope that continues for you because it, it hits you. When you get it, you think, ah, oh, it's nothing. And then suddenly, boom. Oh, no, I feel dreadful. So Ouch, yeah. you have made uh, half an hour of my COVID experience much more pleasurable. So thank you very much for your company. I really appreciate it. That's nice to hear. Thank you. Amazing. Take care. And good luck this weekend. I hope it's thank brilliant, you. brilliantly successful. Thanks very much. Take care. Thank you. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye. The Andy J Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.